0: Good morning, everyone. And I've been crying because the Holy Spirit's here, and so <laughs> we'll just muddle along. <laughs> so, what a beautiful morning, and, and what a special time, and so beautiful that the Father was elevated, um, and just that beautiful Father, heart of God, that we all need so much. Um, so, my, my um, preach this morning is, on, is in the, the series of Seed and Salt. That we've been preaching on and I just felt to preach about keeping in step with the Spirit and when I felt this I was like Lord I don't know that I'm the big expert on this but um, I try and I'm getting better and they're beautiful scriptures that just encourage us on how to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So the, script, the, the text is from Galatians 5, um, 16 to 26 and I'm reading from the ESV. It says, "But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For those who are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident: sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife." jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and all things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those things, that those who do those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there are no law. For those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. So this is the paradox we live in. We, we, um, there's death to the flesh and we're alive in Christ, but we're still living in our fleshly bodies. So we're still fully able to sin. Verse 16 says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So that's a promise. If you are walking with the Holy Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. So you are able not to sin if you walk by the Spirit. And then in verse 25 it says, but if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So it suggests that you can be out of step with the Spirit. So even if you're saved and you're born again and you're spirit-filled and you love God, there's another action that's needed, is that you need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so how do we keep in step with the Holy Spirit? And as I said, I, I'm, I'm not an expert in this, but I, I'm growing, I'm learning, because there's nothing more satisfying, invigorating, and rewarding than to be in step with the Holy Spirit and with what He's doing on this earth. It's this beautiful, very humbling journey, learning to heed the Spirit in all that we do. Um, it's, it's rewriting that email because you just not quite, there's something not right about it. And you, you, Lord, what must I say? And you change the tone. And then, should I press send or should I wait? And sometimes you just feel, no, it's not the time. Just keep it there, keep it there. And then, Lord, when's the right time to send, to send that mail? Um, if you're in step with, with the Spirit, He prompts you, um, with what's going to be a big deal and what to fight to fight, what to ignore, what to, what to worry about. And sometimes I wake up early in the morning and I'm just praying and I'm like, Lord, what? And, and I, I don't even really know. And then I get to work and something huge happens. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I had that extra time with the Lord this morning because he knew this was going to happen. Um, the wisdom and discernment are gifts from the Holy Spirit that he gives us whenever we need them. Those gifts of the Spirit are available to us, um, and he gives them as he pleases when you need them. Uh, Josh and I went looking for a wedding suit the other day, and we went to one of the tailors in town, and we tried on lots of suits, and they eventually they started, they found one that was nice, and they were putting pins in, and, and those um I mean, those tailors have been there since 1916, I think the one shop said. Um, and the guy was coming to close the deal and he was already, um, best wedding price for you and the tailoring's all included and Josh was like, let's go for it. And I was like, oh, let's just wait. Um, I am a rather cautious person, but I was like, let's let's just wait. Let's think about it and, and we'll get back to you. So the guy was very really disappointed with me. Um, and But I've just learned that little niggle like um and so yeah paul, paul's taught me that the, the the holy spirit is never jammed and he's never rushed so if you're feeling in a jam or you're feeling rushed it's probably not the holy spirit so just just time out god is in control and it's and you don't need to feel jammed so we went home and i prayed and i chatted to paul and i felt the the holy spirit say you need to pay for that suit. So I was like, okay, Lord, fine. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> what I was thinking, but that's great. <laughs> so we paid for the suit and we got the suit on the Monday. But it was like, okay, Lord, that, that, was, that was the essence. That was the niggle that I felt. Um, another shopping story, uh, I always need to go shopping with the Lord, I don't love shopping, but um, you need a lot of Holy Spirit power to take on the shops. But before I was working full-time, it was always about trying to find the best deals because finances were tight. Now it's hard to find the quickest in and out because time is tight. So um, I went to get some tackies, and I was trying on these tackies. um, And I loved them. They were the right color, everything. They were comfortable. But then I noticed the laces were a bit skew. And I said to them, oh, look, these laces are skew. Can I have another pair? And they said, no, that's the last pair. So I said to lady, Honor, they will irritate me every time I put them on, so I won't take them, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, buy the shoes. I'm like, really, Lord? (laughs) So I bought the shoes, and as I went home, I felt God say, every time you put those shoes on, you're going to remember that the kingdom is not symmetrical, and I want to remind you of that. And so... I had to chuckle, because every time, God just showing you, it's not your way, everything's not perfect, it's my Holy Spirit, it's my kingdom. And it's sometimes messy, and it's sometimes asymmetrical, and that's what's beautiful. So I often feel a pause to go this way or go that way. Yeah, you just want to hear God, because time is short. We must just do what He wants, not our own things. Um, And the other day, I was shopping at the mall, and I just found myself praying in tongues, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I loved wearing masks, because you could just pray in tongues all the time, and nobody could see you. (laughs) But, um, and as I went around the corner, I bumped into this doctor that I'd worked with, and she came up, she'd left our organization, and she came up and gave me this huge hug. And I was, I was so surprised because when we were working together, she'd actually laid a grievance against me and gone through these formal processes. So I was really surprised. Um, and she's a deep Hindu. I don't, know, I don't know how else to describe her. She's a deep Hindu. Um, and then I was like, oh, Lord, that was why I was praying in tongues because you knew I was going to meet her. And and it, it made me pray for her again. And she talked about maybe coming back to the organization and Yeah, we just, God engineers our steps and and puts us um, where we need to be at the right time. To keep in step with the Spirit is such freedom. 2 Corinthians 3, 12 to 18 say, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. I'm I'm always challenged by, I'm not a naturally bold person. I'm not a naturally put myself out there person. By the Spirit, we must be bold because we've got an incredible message, an incredible privilege, an incredible God. And then verse 17 to 18 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing joy, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Spirit brings freedom, and how precious is our freedom. The world is groaning in bondage for the freedom that only God can bring. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are such glory thieves. Deep in our fallen sinful nature, we just seek glory for ourselves or glory for other people. Uh, our hearts are just this idol factory that just, we, ju- we just want to glorify either ourselves or other humans, and it's just not God's way. I mean, it's so, it's so blatant. I mean, in, in Christian circles, idolatry is bad, but I mean, now we just have a TV show called Idols, and we all celebrate it. It's just, it's just what is that? We are fragile. We are ordinary jars of clay to make sure that the treasure of the power of the Holy Spirit cannot be from us. He is the Holy Spirit. But who is the Holy Spirit? Because it's a bit weird to people who don't know the Lord. Um, as, as Hilton said this morning, it, you just know the Holy Spirit was moving because it was a little bit uncomfortable. It was just like, okay, but that's how God works. He's not comfortable. So the third person of the Trinity And and as you know, there are people who accuse us of being polytheistic because we've got Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You don't believe in one God, but yes, we do believe in one God. It is one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Co-equal, co-eternal, one God. I think Ray mentioned the Nicene Creed, which is that creed of who is the Father, who is the Son, who is the Holy Spirit. One God that that we worship. It's a a powerful um, declaration. The Spirit gives glory to the Son and to the Father, and the Son gives glory to the Father. So there's a hierarchy in the Holy Spirit. They are equal, and yet they choose to submit. So the Son submits to the Father, and the Holy Spirit submits to the Son and the Father. It's the most beautiful, perfect arrangement, um, and it helps me in marriage because I'm equal to my husband, but I choose to submit to him. I choose to to submit to him as as the head of our household because that's a beautiful thing and that's what works and that's what God created. And so in John 14 and 16, there are those passages where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. He tells his disciples, who is this Holy Spirit? And he calls him the counselor or helper or advocate, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. So in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. So only the Holy Spirit can convict of sin. In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father. We are only righteous because Jesus died and went to the Father. Only the Holy Spirit can show us our righteousness. It's just a bizarre thing that somebody else paid the price for our sins and made us righteous. The Holy Spirit um, reveals that to us. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned, the Holy Spirit shows us that we don't fear Satan. He is condemned, he is defeated, and Christ has the victory. You need that revelation that you fear nothing except God on this earth. Jesus said when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth he will speak not on his own he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you all that belongs to the father is mine so this beautiful description of Jesus who the father has given everything to and he will give the holy spirit to us And I I, I was so acutely aware of my need for the Holy Spirit when I I did my PhD. I'd spent 16 years um, as a very part-time doctor and having my five children. And and, and then I had this opportunity to study. And I was was really like, Lord, well, this has to be you because I'm really on the back foot. Um, And so I really had to come up to speed supernaturally with, with all the medical things. Um, I needed to hear his voice, do what he said, and say what he wanted me to say, um, if he wanted me to do this PhD, he he really needed to guide me, and I just learned to lean into the Spirit to, sometimes I would go to write and I would just stop and I would just pray for hours, like three or four hours, and then I would feel, okay, it's time to write now, Um, but I felt his pleasure, I heard his voice, even though it felt like I was wading through mud, but I knew this is what God wanted me to do, and I knew he was with me. And so you just find the dots, find where God's leading you. Um, and so, so through that time, I, I, I became accustomed to being woken up at all hours of the night. And then I was like, okay, it's time to pray. Um, and, I, and I really do I've, often, I'm relieved when I'm woken up in the mornings to pray. Because I'm like, oh yeah, I've got more time with the Lord before the day starts. The Holy Spirit is so much cleverer than anyone or anything. Um, and and it's, such, it, it's in the mundanities of your life that you walk with God. It's, it's not this sort of, it's, it's really practical. Um, I work at a clinic in Boethys Hill, and if you're coming from there, there are two ways to come back, either on the M13 or the M3. And sometimes I check Google Maps, but they generally aren't that accurate, so I just say, Lord, which which way, which way today should I drive? And um, the other day, I, I felt God say, Go on the N3. So I go on the N3, and you go through the Marion Hill Toll, and there was this huge traffic jam, trucks. I don't know what had happened, um, and I was literally stuck in traffic for an hour. I was like, Really, Lord, <laughs> is this? But I can't tell you. I was so it was a Friday and. My weeks are heavy. So when I got back, I was so refreshed because I'd had this hour to just sort out my week, sort out my day, and and just spend time with the Lord. And I got home and I was like, Lord, you can even use a traffic jam for your spirit. So we keep in step with him. It's way beyond ourselves because we've handed the reins to God. It's not convenient or simple or easy. It's exciting to be in the Spirit. It's significant. It's humbling. It costs us everything. It's a life of faith. So it's being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, as it says in Hebrews. Because we are transcendent beings. We're just called to do our little bits as part of God's enormous, intricate, eternal plan of salvation and restoration and judgment in this world. Just thrive where you plant planted. Just doesn't matter wherever you are you the holy spirit is with you and you can do whatever he's put you there for john 21:18 says very truly i tell you when you were younger you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted but when you're old you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and will lead you where you don't want to go and god gave me that word when we went to lead breakthrough church just, just put it all aside it's not about you just Stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you don't want to go. And that's a beautiful place. <laughs> God, does, God doesn't only use Christians to bring his will on the earth. Um, I've really learned this through my interactions in the, you know, we, were, we I was in ministry primarily. Now I'm in the workplace primarily. Um, but if we look at scripture, we see there was... King Artaxerxes, this heathen king who sent Nehemiah to go and rebuild the wall. And then there was, um, in Ezra, there was King Cyrus of Persia. Again, a heathen king who said, go and rebuild the temple. Um, The Lord moved the heart of King Cyrus to make a proclamation um, throughout his realm and put it into writing that Ezra could go. So we don't need Christians in power. God to be there he's there he's putting people in power whoever and whatever he pleases um, and his his kingdom is being built no matter what we think nothing can can thwart the kingdom so where you are you must just be your Daniel be the Nehemiah be the Lydia be that young girl that's not even named who was captured and became Nehemiah's wife's servant and told I'm uh, not Nehemiah Naaman and told um, them, "Oh, there's this prophet who will heal Naaman of his leprosy. Just just do what, wherever you are, do what God is saying. God is doing something greater than we can hope or imagine. Just keep in step with the Holy Spirit and you will see his kingdom unfold around you. Um, Susie's quite into cooking, and I learned through the cooking shows and she did um, consumer studies. That the big thing is that you have deconstructed, so you have a deconstructed cheesecake. So it's got all the elements of the cheesecake, but it's not in a cake like we all used to. It's it's all kind of funky and um, creative, and and I just felt God say, "My kingdom is deconstructed. Don't um, don't worry, it's all there, and it still tastes delicious. But it's it's better than your little slice of your little pie." <laughs> Romans thirteen verse one to ten says. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against authorities is rebelling against what God has instituted. Those who do so will bring judgment on themselves, for he is God's servant to to do you good. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. And this is why you have to pay taxes to the authorities, because they're God's servants um, who give their full time to governing. If every, if every, give, every, give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If it's revenue, then revenue. If it's respect, then respect. If it's honor, then honor. Um, and so don't resist authority. There's such a culture amongst us that, that we just badmouth authority, we resist it. And God's put them there. So I was so challenged when we were doing food drops to Zimbabwe, and Zimbabwe is a terrible place. Robert Mugabe was a, in, you know, not a good leader. And yet, when when you when Paul went up and spoke to the churches, the churches were burgeoning. There were just people getting saved all the time. So God can use a corrupt regime to build His kingdom. The kingdom is still flourishing and advancing. It's not about you know, what we think the government should be doing. Um, And I'm not, you know, condoning any bad government, but I'm just saying God knows what he's doing. Um, Let no doubt debt remain except the continuing debt of love to one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit, commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, are all summed up in the one rule, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to your neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. When I got um, a scholarship for my PhD, the money um, of my salary came from the MRC, the Medical Research Council, and it went to UKZN. Um, And it came in three-month tranches, which was just not in anybody's frame of reference at UKZN. And so I had to sort of try and sort this out. Uh, and they couldn't decide whether I must be a staff member or a student. Uh, I would stopped my other job, this was my salary. And so I just remember going to the administrator's office and just seeing, saying there, no, no, we're not sure, we can't help you. I said, well, I'm actually just going to stay here until we sort it out because I can't not have a salary. And I literally just sat in the administrator's office there and prayed. And they said, oh, she's in a meeting, so I said, okay, I'll wait, and I waited two or three hours, and then she came out, and then she sort of was irritated by me, and and I just sat there, and, and I just thought, no, I'm, I'm not going anywhere, this is what God has called me to, so I will wait until we sort this out, and... The administrator went back and the secretary was there. I could see she was kept looking at me like, would you just leave, please? And I thought, I'm not leaving. I can't. I need this to be sorted out. And finally, at about quarter to four, she finally picked up the phone and phoned somebody in the right office who made a plan and things started to move. But those authorities are there. Don't buck them. Don't, you know. it, it was it, it was a pain to her because it was something new. But... Just persevere humbly and respectfully and these things get sorted out. I've also had to recently go through two disciplinary processes um, which both resulted in staff being dismissed in my organization. And what a palaver. I've had to become a lawyer and bring charges and conduct investigations and bring witnesses and evidence. I'm like, I'm I'm a doctor. I don't need to do this. But these are the processes and thank you, Ray, for... I had to keep phoning Ray and saying, what about this? What about this? Um, but we walk w- with the Holy Spirit. So Lord, you know, I don't know why I have to do this, but I do know that we can't let people get do this in our organization because it affects um, it affects everything. It affects other staff members. It brings down the reputation of the organization. It just creates um, a mess. And But I learned that this, the whole labor law, the whole HR process, it's 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 actually very helpful, and it can be used to bring justice. And there's an incredible peace when, you know, you've got the chair, and you may not say this, and you go through the chair. It just keeps order. It, it's 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 a very it can it can be and should be a very f- fair process. Um, it was I, I've never prayed so much in my life, and had had sleepless nights. And then there was talk of witchcraft, and they were doing their things, and. I was like, oh, Lord, you know, pray, just pray, pray, pray. And then Cornea brought that word at prayer meeting. She said she just saw these snakes that were dead, but they were still snakes. And when you say the blood of Jesus, the snakes disappeared. And I was like, ah, that's for me. Because we'd done all the praying. So the next day was the hearing. And I just went into our building and I just went from the fifth floor, fourth floor, and I just prayed the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus on every floor in the building. We went into the disciplinary, and I was like, oh, I've got to have to pray and shun down. I felt the Lord say. Is the blood of Jesus not enough? I was like, sorry, Lord, the blood of Jesus is plenty, thank you. And I, didn't, I really didn't feel that, that spiritual warfare during the, the disciplinary at all. It was, a, it was a beautiful thing. So the Holy Spirit is talking, just listen, heed what he's saying, do what he says. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Um, <clears throat> it's not about us. We're just here to prepare the way, to make the way, and then get out of the way for Jesus to do his thing. <laughs> Glenridge is not about Stan and Heather, it's not about the elders, it's not even about all of you guys. It's about making the Lord's name great in the city of Durban, in KwaZulu-Natal, and to the outermost parts of the world. It's about keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, whatever that looks like. It's about the Lord preparing the bride for the groom. The groom is the hero of this wedding, not the bride. Rory did such a beautiful preach at his daughter's wedding. Because we make a big thing of the bride. But it's not about the bride. Yes, the bride's going to be beautiful and we're being prepared. But It's about the groom. The groom is the hero of our story, Jesus. <clears throat> Life in the spirit is often unexpected like we had this morning. Um, and I love, uh, I often hear this in my, in my mind. There's a beautiful book by a man called William Duma who was a a beautiful preacher and healer in Durban. And in his book called Take Your Glory, Lord, he just says, I die to Duma daily. And it's not about us, just die to Beth daily and things start to happen. Flesh gives birth to flesh is, is a very scary scripture because if we act in flesh, then we are bringing pain and destruction because we're not in the spirit. 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, verse 19 to 24 says, Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecy with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus. The one who calls is faithful, and he will do it. So how can the Spirit be quenched? Because we mustn't quench the spirit. We mustn't put out the spirit's fire. Some of the things that quench the spirit are our human fear, control, legalism, flawed theology, the the theology of cessationalism, which says the gifts are no longer active on this earth. That is going to quench the spirit. And the other thing that God has spoken to me about through my life is the curse of comparison, because that just quenches what the Holy Spirit is doing. And it says, do not treat prophecy with contempt. And so it says, test everything. So we do test and weigh up prophecy. But I remember um, a lady in the church came to me and she prophesied. She said, I see you in South America working with children. And I was like, oh, really? We feel called to Africa and Asia. You know, you've missed it. And a few years later, I was in South America with with Sam. was about three years old. I was like, sorry, Lord. Sorry, Lord. do not treat prophecy with contempt. Um, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Ephesians 4.30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, you learn as you walk with the Holy Spirit, you feel that that conviction, that disappointment, and that rebuke, you, but you missed it. You missed it, and you're just, sorry, Lord, sorry, Lord. But so often, the flesh can kick in and we start loading ourselves with guilt and condemnation and you start to, to let, give the enemy a foothold. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit, it leads to repentance. Guilt is from the enemy and it leads to condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So the minute you start feeling guilty or condemned, you're in the wrong space. Conviction leads to repentance um, and yeah you, you sometimes want to go the guilt route because you don't want to repent <laughs> so it, repentance is is humbling and it's painful and it's but that's where the freedom comes and it you don't have to do anything you've messed it up but the holy spirit god paid the price for that two of my children have, at different times confessed some pretty hectic sins to me and it's 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 i just found myself singing i, I it just, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. How precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So Revelation 2 and 3. beautiful it's it's that beautiful prophetic book of the end times of what's going to happen and the spirit is speaking to the seven churches and to each one of the churches all seven of the churches he says he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches and to all of the churches he says to him who overcomes i will give and the different things so we overcomers We must listen, we must hear what the Spirit is doing. We need to overcome, but only by the Spirit. It's exhausting, we're in a war. Bernard Shaw said, I want to be thoroughly used up when I die, and he was secular. (laughs) But we are going to be thoroughly used up when we die, but that's a good thing, because we're going to be um, rejuvenated and perfect in heaven. The war has been won, and so all we need to do is take the territory that's been won for us, the enemy is defeated, but he's still reigning. It's this, it's this tension. But all you have to do is push him back, because he's, he's got no territory when the Spirit and Jesus comes with you, <clears throat> or goes ahead of you. All, um, all we need for life and godliness is available in the divine power of, her, of the Holy Spirit. So let's keep in step with the Spirit. The Spirit, and in Revelations 22, it says, The Spirit and the Bride say, come. Come, Lord Jesus. We are longing for the return of Jesus, for the culmination of this sinful world. But he is lingering because there are many who don't know about Jesus. And when everybody is heard, Jesus will come back victoriously. Thank you, Father, for this beautiful people here. Thank you that you're working with us, through us. Thank you, Holy Spirit that you all we need on this earth. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you, Father, for your incredible heart that you showed to us this morning. Thank you, God. Amen. <clears throat>